Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to the Star Wars episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. With me on this May the 4th are fellow Star Wars enthusiasts, Cutter Dalton, Matt Douglas, and Coach Daniel. Let's just quit the small talk and just jump straight into it. Um, first question, which Star Wars character best represents you? All right. Um, I know this is for me right now. So uh, uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this for a while. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping it's Obi-Wan. Like, I, I don't think I deserve to, to put myself at the same level as Obi-Wan, but I feel like I just vibe with Obi-Wan the most. Mm. Um, just because <laughs> he's, like, always doing the right thing sort of deal. Like, his, his ethical framework is very, like, honest and, uh, like, honor-bound. And I, th- I think as even just like from a Taekwondo perspective, like the way that he sort of approaches combat or conflict is he's always sort of analyzing the situation. And like just the way I like think about Taekwondo and I process like all the fights that I do or like all the, all the every practice that we go through, it's, it, it just, I feel like that links up because I feel like there's just a lot of similarities. So that, that would, that would, I would say will be one, but hmm. uh, I feel like, Internally, I might actually be Darth Maul. So, <laughs> I can play on a completely other uh, opposite spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, totally fair. <laughs> I mean, you're totally okay with taking bits and pieces of characters here and there. Um, I find it interesting that you that you didn't say you chose Obi Wan to best represent you, but that you that you try to be most like Obi Wan. Yeah, I mean, he's like. I feel like he's he's the one of the best morally aligned characters in terms of hmm. like, if you're trying to be like a good person. I feel like, well, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of is cheeky every now and then. But Bold claim. <laughs> the majority of his, uh, I guess, lifespan in the Star Wars saga, he is generally the good guy, and he's always sort of thinking about doing the right thing. Yeah, even if it pains him. You know? So. I mean, there were story lines and story arcs of him where it clearly showed him struggling between good and bad. But it was very predictable. He would always go with the good side, but it was very interesting to see him make those struggles. And the one I'm thinking of the most is, um, I forget which season in the Clone Wars, but he goes undercover as a criminal. Y'all remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. He was in and, like prison with that bounty hunter. Yes, with um, Cad Bane, right? Yeah. And he was supposed to win the, the trust of Cad Bane. And he would have to, I think he had to kill some people to like earn the trust. And you could see the conflict in Obi-Wan. Yeah. And it's also, I think one of the earlier episodes, I think it was in like season two with uh, his sort of love interest. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Showing oh, that I'm not a Star Wars expert because I can't remember her name, but... Um, like, like uh, I remember, like he had like this sort of struggle of, um, I guess wanting to kill or like trying to kill. Or there was this guy that was like gonna blow up like a starship. It was a great episode. I I hate that yeah. I can't remember the specific details. No. I wanted to blow up like a whole ship with everyone in it, and Anakin. And he was like, "Oh, you're not gonna do this, Obi Wan, because you're too honor bound." Uh, and then Anakin just straight up kills the guy. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, yeah, and that like, I, highlights the key difference in like the ethical <laughs> frameworks of like Obi Wan and Anakin, where Obi Wan sort of doesn't want to like 
he's very uh, circumspect about crossing over to doing anything immoral. But I thought it is, I, I find it interesting that Anakin, I almost saw at times that Obi-Wan want, felt like he wanted to do the things that Anakin just went ahead and did, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, um, like finding love, yeah. embracing someone, you know, Obi-Wan stuck to what he felt was the right thing from the Jedi way, but he lost, he lost the opportunity to have that type of life while Anakin just embraced it. You've got to think somewhere deep inside Obi-Wan, like, you know, was living through Anakin in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. He was a very tragic character, Obi-Wan. Yeah. He is. I just rewatched the uh, the clip of uh, when he, I guess this is spoilers for Rebels. I don't know if everyone's on that. <laughs> when, he, when he finally kills uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. Or just that yeah. anticlimactic showdown. <laughs> there was a lot of buildup for that and i enjoyed it actually it was just it was like such a, a short uh, fight because oh man it's it just it just shows these two dudes that have been pretty much pawns of like a mm-hmm. this, yeah. uh, of a pointless war and they've lost everyone they've cared about and now they're just in like uh, yeah they're just like sort of in the, the fallout of everything yeah we're having two very different reactions on the subject of that fight, though, one analysis I saw on YouTube pointed out the fact that, like, Obi-Wan essentially, like, he predicted that Maul would use the same move that he used to kill Qui-Gon. And yes. essentially ended up countering that. And so I thought yep. that was a really cool touch. So at the beginning of the battle, um, and there's a whole lot of, you can talk a lot of backstory about um, what leads up to Obi-Wan even choosing to fight. Darth Maul at that point, um, but but yeah. at, at the start of the battle, you see he steps back into his classic Obi Wan stance. You know the one hand above his head, <laughs> um, lightsaber yeah. Yeah. over his head, and then the 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 other hand in like a, a knife hand, Taekwondo knife hand, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Lee. You know, yeah, I know, I know yeah, the one. So, so he does that, and that's like classic Clone Wars Obi Wan. Um, you know he's mm, yeah. mm-hmm. he's he's definitely he's he's a defensive defensive fighter, but he's still got that like aggression and that cheekiness, you know, that you you guys mentioned. Um, and then yeah. immediately, because that's that's the default reaction that he gets from Darth Maul. You know, he sees his his enemy he's been fighting throughout the whole Clone Wars, and so immediately he jumps to old Obi Wan. It's kind of like I think the the example he used was like when you you meet your your high school or your, your middle school elementary school bully later on in life and then your first reaction is like you revert back to to your childhood basically um, yeah and then no. then you see him transition the lightsaber into the uh i guess the, the new the older obi-wan um the exactly, alex, guinness. alex guinness yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just showing that he's he's got he's got everything under control. He's sort of centering himself and getting ready to to fight for real um, and mastering his emotions. Yeah. And it kind of shows how much he's grown. And then, so oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. So um, another spoiler alert for that particular episode and for that particular scene. But one thing that real like a detail that always captivates me is it was. It's it's weird for me to describe it like this, but it was a I would say it was almost a beautiful death for Darth Maul, yeah. and it was quick. It was almost almost merciful, 
And you know, it was like Darth Maul was looking for a place to die. And so that's why he hunted out Obi-Wan. And then the way that Obi-Wan immediately caught him before he fell and like almost cradled him at, with his last words, yeah. it was a very beautiful death, like almost samurai-like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's because, uh, I mean, going back to, I guess, uh, something I said earlier, it's, uh, I feel like Obi-Wan had sympathy for Darth Maul just because he just, yeah. he just saw um, the, the pure like, rage that was driving this and, and like hopelessness that was driving him. For, mm-hmm. and, and so he just took pity on the fact that he had to kill him because he, he was just given such an unfair life. That, yeah, it, it, and that's a huge message from Obi-Wan because... You know, Darth Maul killed his master like right in front of his eyes, and um, yeah, I think that speaks measures to uh, Obi Wan's character. Matt, let's let's jump to you. Which uh, which character best represents you? Yeah, I feel like internally and personality wise, like I probably sit somewhere between Mace Windu and I guess like an older Ahsoka, um, probably like Ahsoka post Jedi council. So like after she ended up leaving the order and became a great guy, um, just because I personally, like I agree with, I guess a lot of the great Jedi characters, um, and not like, I guess not confining one's training to like traditional Jedi teachings, um, going their own way. Um, and also, like, some of the tragic elements you mentioned before um, about Obi-Wan's life in general and kind of sticking to uh, the Jedi Order and its tenets. Um, like, I, I would definitely prefer to have lived a more satisfying life, maybe <laughs> more connections and relationships with people. Um, and so, you know, that's that's one reason I, I would do it. Um, but also like some of, I don't know, to be honest, like I feel like some of the teachings between the Jedi and the dark side kind of came down to like, I don't know, just trying to like preserve a particular school of thought, um, mm. like looking at anything else really. Um, like I don't, there's one character that I'm kind of, forgetting the name of because he was in some like esoteric video game i think um but uh it was essentially a gray jedi that practiced quite a bit of um like dark side teachings i think quinlan Voss was also another character because he yeah. yeah he was like a yeah. agent working with like count dooku um so obviously like he learned dark side abilities um but yeah, like that's something that's always kind of attracted me, like the idea of not sticking to, because I mean, obviously, like I, I don't want to be like an evil Sith Emperor or anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, I also, there are certain like abilities of the dark side, Force Lightning, for example, that are kind of cool. Um, and I think that Windu, even though he wasn't like, even though he was loyal to the Jedi Order, um, mm-hmm. Mace Windu definitely dabbled in uh, trading techniques that were kind of borderline dark side. Um, they were definitely more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely more aggressive. Um, and while I do appreciate, like, 
all the different lightsaber forms for various reasons, like some of the more aggressive ones that Jedi found questionable. Um, I also find those interesting and they're things that I would probably use if I was force sensitive, uh, like Mace yeah. Pod and I think form seven was like two different types, right? It was like, it was Mace Windu's Pod and um, what was the other one? Like I'm looking it up now, Juyo, <laughs> like Darth Maul and if you count Starkiller as canon, yeah. used, yeah. Fair. So one thing that I find interesting is you talk about, you know, the comparison between the light side and the dark side. It's a dichotomy. It's binary. It's yes or no. But then at the, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan had that quote, only the Sith, only the Sith um, work in absolutes, right? Yeah. And but it's funny because the Jedi work in absolutes as yeah. well, and that was ultimately their fall. They couldn't find like a middle ground. So um, I, I really like your choice. It's very, I I too um, appreciate you know you can't stick too much to one side without understanding the other. Yeah. Um, maybe if the Jedi Council just accepted a little bit or evolved yeah. just a little bit, maybe Anakin wouldn't have turned to the yeah. dark side. You yeah, know? I, I actually that's something that I tell people a lot when we have conversations about this kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, there was one episode and I think season three or four or something like that, where they, I don't remember, like there, there were like three sort of force deities. I oh, almost want to say. Oh yeah. yeah. The father, the daughter oh, and the son. Yeah. yeah. And Anakin was supposed to replace the father and the father was kind of in between the light and the dark sides. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I completely agree with that. Like, I feel like, like, obviously, I would rather see a galaxy because the Jedi are just more peaceful. Um, so, like, they're better <laughs> than the Sith in that way. But if they were less, like, if they were less traditional, I guess, in their teachings and roles and tenets, like, I feel like they would have been a little better off. Yeah. You know. Maybe if they could have adapted yeah. with the evolution of society, maybe like the Catholic <laughs> Church today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure George Lucas had parallels for everything when he was writing all this. You know, the the Empire being the the space Nazis. Hey, so let's get to you, oh, Daniel. I mean, I was gonna say Obi Wan as a naive answer, but then Cutter went ahead and took it. Um, but I, I I do think it, there's a bit of you know I see a bit of myself in a lot of different Jedi and Sith and people um, but i think the biggest ones that i would pick out are, are obi-wan luke skywalker and uh i'm gonna throw it back to old canon uh jason solo um oh so that's that's legends, that's yeah, legends yeah, yeah, yeah. technically but yeah. yeah um so i mean obi-wan i would say i definitely have like like matt said a few of his flaws you know about wanting to um live a life that I don't have and, and, and living, you know, I'm, I'm trying to live, uh, I'm basically I'm ch- chasing something that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to achieve. Um, Ooh, yeah. That got deep. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. I should have started with Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> well, no. And um, one thing that I found that Obi-Wan, I, I think is one of his major weaknesses that I also kind of share is that 
he he tends to use half measures and he's a little indecisive and and you know like that that scene with uh, the mm. uh, the terrorist and Satine um, and the biggest one being yeah. you know him leaving Anakin to just you know evaporate on Mustafar. That I mean that Ooh, literally yeah. is Ooh. is the reason for the the downfall of the Republic, um, one of yeah. many. Um, but I, I I think I have you know I can see this measured approach in myself that sometimes it's it's not enough to get things done. Um, Luke, mm-hmm. I say just because he's a goody two shoes and always tries to do right in in the uh, uh, at least in the old uh, Legends universe. I'm not really thinking much about new Luke. Um, I don't I don't know if he's been characterized <laughs> enough for me to <laughs> to associate with with him. Um, and uh, Jason Solo, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he is the uh, um, right. He's exactly. one of the twins. The cooler version of Kylo Ren, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I. But wasn't wasn't he the he one did, that yeah, went yeah, to yeah. the dark he, side? I mean, he he had a long career as a Jedi, and I, I when I say Jason Solo, I think I'm talking more about pre dark side Jason Solo. Um, because he, you know, he, okay. he goes through the war with the, the Yuuzhan Vong, um, and he sort of gets his eyes open. Because there's a period where he just kind of goes off on his own and just ditches the Jedi Order because he's seen so much pain and suffering and actually experienced so much pain um, and suffering. Maybe, that, that's, not, that's not what I'm... I'm not saying that's, that's me, but... Um, but he basically, yeah. he goes off and explores, you know, all of the, uh, the universe uh, or the galaxy and... Um, he seeks out different force users. So like, you know, outside of Jedi and Sith, there's also um, different sects of force users. Like there's, there's the night sisters, for example, are a big mm-hmm. one. Their presence in, I know um, in the clone wars, um, yeah, they're yeah. kind of like, like uh, force switches, you know, they use spells and stuff. And so everyone that he seeks out has a different view of the force, um, different abilities, different, you know, perspectives. Um, it's not just about, you know, moving stuff around with your mind. It can be about going into the past or, you know, looking into the future. Um, and so he picks up a lot of these different skills from all these esoteric sects. Um, and, and I think that's kind of where I, I see myself as someone who, um, I haven't found a universal truth in life. Um, Uh. but I feel that if there is one, it would be composed of kind of, everybody's views, everyone's perspectives, everyone's yeah, right yeah. in their own little way. Um, and that's something I, I take into um, consideration anytime, you know, in my daily life. It's, it's yeah. Not, so I try not to be black and white. Like kind of like force curious. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. No. For me, I didn't, for the, for the character that I picked, I, I didn't, I didn't really stick to like the force side or like Jedi or Sith. Um, I, I would identify most with Captain Rex. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's a fan favorite. Um, but the reason why I identify very well with Captain Rex is, you know, he experienced the Clone Wars, which is like the quintessential war that defines history for that, for that time period. And then he survived that. And then he continued on in other, in other wars. And um, I identify with that a lot, um, you know, especially going overseas, um, being in Afghanistan a couple times. 
that was a war that defines a generation, but now it's starting to be kind of in their, in their rear view mirror. And not many people, you know, remember that. And, you know, I think Captain Rex's um, history help, helps paint a good picture of my history with Texas Taekwondo. Um, you know, cause I was with Texas Taekwondo back in 2000 to 2005, which is a time that many people forgot. And then I disappeared for a while and then I reemerged and here I am again. So it's kind of like Captain Rex in the Clone Wars and then Captain Rex in the, Re in the Rebels series. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a, a central character, but I'm, I'm definitely there and, and supporting the cause any way I can. Um, so not quite force sensitive, but I definitely identify the most with, with Captain Rex. Plus he's a badass. Yeah. So. <laughs> really. It's one of the better choices for character alignment. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, plus by the time he was in rebels, he was like an old guy. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm an old guy with Texas Taekwondo now. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that it's canon for him to have been on uh, indoor for the victory. The oh, victory. yeah. That's worth mentioning. Yeah. That is. Um, that, that was pretty neat because... So I've been watching Clone Wars and then Rebels with my girls. And I'm, I'm really... I love watching Star Wars through, through their eyes because it's a totally different arrangement than it was for me. Because mm -hmm. growing up, all I had was four, five, and six. So they have this beautiful story laid out for them. And then, so they, we finished watching Clone Wars and Rebels, and then we watched um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And when it got to Endor, I pointed out, hey, that's Captain Rex right there. And it was like a split <laughs> second, and it shows that, <laughs> that Rebel. And um, they're like, oh, cool. And that was about it. But for me, oh, it was really yeah. neat to see, to see, you know, the quote, unquote, Captain Rex yeah. on, on Endor. Yeah, that was, that was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to be in a, a Mandalorian next season too, so that's exciting. So, do you really think that's the case, Cutter? I mean, yeah. you've got a little bit of inside knowledge, and yeah. Um, so that was a um, that uh, I guess that little uh, piece, that image that I commented on um, y'all's post, or I think it was Matt's post. Uh, that was, yeah, so that was the done for, concept art. Yeah, that was the, the concept art uh, for season two. And you know how in the I guess at the end of every uh, Mandalorian episode, they did the concept art. Yeah, uh, the, or the credits for the concept art of the episode you just watched. And so I'm like, I'm seeing that, and I think it's also been confirmed that Ahsoka is coming back. Yeah, yeah, they've already cast the yeah. Rosario Dawson. So yeah, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm hoping that they bring in Captain Rex too, because I mean, just why not? And, and they have Filoni's project too, and like, he hasn't done Star Wars wrong at all. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could I bring up kind of uh, a question? Um, I guess off, yeah. off what like Cutter mentioned before, because um, I remember you mentioning that like you sort of look at Obi Wan Kenobi as like someone. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like someone to kind of strive for. Would that be correct? yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, I I guess my question would be like what. And you guys could name like any number of characters, but like what characters would you really like to have in your inner circle if you were in the Star Wars universe? Like characters that you believe be a positive impact and you just like to be around. 
Hmm. Gotta go Jar Jar, number one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopefully you've got good insurance. (laughs) Probably, yeah. 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 Probably probably Han. Yeah. Han Solo. Um, What was it? Kit Fisto? Oh, yeah. Kit Fisto would be close. The thing is, I wouldn't want Obi-Wan as a friend. I would take him as a mentor. Mm -hmm. Or as like yeah, someone to like you know strive to be, like I said. But like, I, I would I would want the more like chill. Plo Koon would be pretty cool too. I do. That guy's like Tuya and stuff. <laughs> He's got some energy. I, I like him. I feel like I would. I oh sorry. What are you saying? I would I would throw out um Chewbacca. No. Oh no. sure. Because yeah. he seems like the type. You know, he's always in the background. But if you get into a bar fight. No better person to have in your corner than a Wookiee, yeah. like Chewbacca. Like, fiercely loyal to the end, but also seems like the type of buddy that you can just kick back and drink a lot of beer with and just have a good time. Yeah, I would say also uh, kind of like Chewbacca, but uh, Zeb Aurelios from uh, Rebels <laughs> would be a fun guy to have. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Fives and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and heavy. Those, those those three were the boys. That's your squad right there. <laughs> That's Domino Squad. You just brought back Domino Squad. Yeah, I feel like I can't stick to like a small number of characters. So like, is it cool if I just list off a bunch of them? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, hopefully, Qui Gon Jinn before he died. Um, <laughs> I I would definitely like to get to know Qui Gon. Um, I'd also. I don't know. I I feel like I'd really appreciate Obi-Wan's banter at times. Uh, mm. So for that reason, and um, like Cutter said, um, tutelage, I guess, um, it would be nice to have him around. Um, I'd also like Kid Fisto, just because I feel like Kid Fisto is quite possibly the chillest Jedi in the entire order, especially for someone who's like on the council. Um, mm-hmm. he seems like just kind of a laid back fun guy to be around. Um, I'd also like to know Ahsoka probably, and definitely Captain Rex, possibly even arc 77 from, uh, I don't remember. There was like another clone wars cartoon series. Yeah. Yeah. The 2005. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arc 77 was my favorite as a kid. So I, I'd have to, you know. but, he had like zero lines though. He said, Yes, sir. And that was about I, it. I like it. It's like, I don't know. He's just he's a man of few words. <laughs> and he gets the job done. He, was. he does. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's probably spoke more with hand signals yeah. to the rest of the art troopers <laughs> than he did with actual verb like yeah. actual words. Yeah. Yeah. Mace as well, just because Mace Mace is a classic. I I'd have to I'd have to meet Samuel L. Jackson at one point. <laughs> so i know cutter was curious about trying to find um like or translate jedi master and padawan connections relationships um you know do we see that in texas taekwondo today you know who could we identify as like the jedi master under padawan or the sith master and the sith puppet you know if we play that side I'd say, I, 
Yeah, I, I would say that I identify as the Sith puppet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who's the who's the Darth not, Sidious not really, in this case? Not, not really, but uh, um, yeah. Well, the the Darth Sidious would obviously have to be uh, a Don Rivas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like it's evident, very obvious to everyone. No, I think the fact obvious. that it's not obvious is what makes it obvious. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just being nice to everyone. It's a front. Called <laughs> <laughs> mm. Wow. Around doing nefarious things. I'd like to think we have a, a bit of a looser structure, so I wouldn't say a Texas Taekwondo would be like the Jedi Order, but it's also not really the Sith, you know, it's not yeah. the rule of two kind of um, it's got a bit of the, you know, that gray Jedi or like the um, again, if we're going back to, to Legends, the, the post um, post-Emperor kind of Jedi Order the one that's it's a little more, you know uh, ragtag, a little uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? It was um, patchwork yeah. that was the one by Luke Skywalker and he didn't try to kill anybody, did he? <laughs> No, nope. <laughs> I mean, he did kill a lot of people, but that was just part of the job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But but it, you know, it, it, it's it, it was pivotal in yeah. basically all the books, you know. Um, so just like Texas Taekwondo, we are we are small but mighty. We are a you know a force magnified far beyond our numbers. So we're not we're not quite um, republic. Jedi Council. We're definitely post Empire Jedi. Oh, and I wouldn't want us. I wouldn't want us to be. You know, public just was so corrupt and so bureaucratic. Yeah, Yeah. and the Jedi were just you know so so academic and so lost in their own you know just studying studying the same Pumse over and over again. (laughs) They got it. They got to get some creative Pumse going, you know, (laughs) sparring up, but. No, they're just they're just doing keep one hana over and over again. <laughs> when I was a freshman in two thousand, um, my my good friend and mentor, he was a few few years older than me. Um, and at the time, he was the president of Texas Taekwondo. Was my good friend um, Dan Cameron, and um, he was a big Star Wars fan. And it was very refreshing for me because, you know, growing up. I was a big fan of Star Wars, but it wasn't quite as acceptable as it is today. I mean, you know, if you said you like Star Wars back then, you get made fun of. All you had was just episodes four, five, and six. And so in high school, I was pretty much a closet Star Wars fan. And so by the time I got to college, I still kind of had that mindset. But I met Dan Cameron, and here he is. He's he's like a, a junior to me. He's, he's older, and he's just one of the coolest guys I ever met. Um, he was just so sure of himself. He knew everything. Um, everyone knew who he was. He was a badass in Taekwondo. He's covered in tattoos and he's just so cool. And, but he was a big star Wars nerd like me. So it was the first time I felt comfortable with a friend <clears throat> to just openly talk about star Wars. And I would describe our relationship as, you know, a, a Jedi master and a Padawan. He was definitely a Qui-Gon Jinn to my Obi-Wan Kenobi, a young uh, episode one Obi-Wan Kenobi. And um, I think the story kind of follows it too, because, you know, he was a junior, so he finished college ahead of me and he was gone. And after Dan left and I became the president of Texas Taekwondo, and I kind of felt like that was 
similar to when Qui-Gon Jinn was killed by um, Darth-, Darth Maul. Yeah. You know, Obi-Wan was still a very young Jedi Knight, and here he was. He was entrusted with the care and raising of Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, Obi-Wan still trying to figure his life out as a Jedi Knight, and yet he has to take care of this, this youngling, and he looked up to Qui-Gon, and... He's just taken so suddenly. That's how I felt with Texas Taekwondo. You know, I really looked up to Dan Cameron. I had a lot of love and respect for the organization that he helped carry and build. And yet he, he kind of left and I was like, damn, I've got to do this on my own. So that was, you know, in, in that situation, in that time of my life, I definitely felt like an, an Obi-Wan Kenobi. What I'm getting out of this is you just equated, uh, graduating and entering the real world to, uh, getting, sliced up by Darth Maul. So, yes. It, so, technically, he didn't get sliced up. He got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, he, he got sucker punched, right? He um, Darth Maul did that sucker punch to the chin type thing and then got him with the, yeah. with the other end of the, the double-bladed lightsaber. But, yeah, I guess graduation and going into the real world is kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> sucker punch is an appropriate description. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, Matt, you're right there. You're about to enter the real world. I'm sure you've got some experience with it. It's going to be like yeah. that, right? When you when you got back to the whole Master Apprentice and, like, partnership and all that, I, I thought back to uh, – I wish I had a camera. <laughs> I have quite a few uh, pieces of Star Wars memorabilia that have C-3PO on them because <laughs> for some reason, I, I, some people – I don't know. They seem to think that I remind them a lot of C-3PO. Um, I don't know. If you've ever had me try to explain a kick to you in detail, you'll probably understand <laughs> what we're talking about. You're very um, protocol droid about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm going I'm going back to back when I was gosh, when I was an officer and I was a co-president of Texas Taekwondo after right after Josh Kivlovitz, um, who was on a previous podcast actually, uh, right after he left and graduated, um Sherry Tucci and I um we, we neither of us wanted to be president. Neither of us wanted the responsibility. And to be honest, like we, neither of us had what it took to be president by ourselves, at least. Um, but together, we kind of made a complete pair. You know, she was the the more outgoing person, the people person, uh, whereas I was the, you know, um, the logistics kind of person. And so um, we became co-presidents. And now that I think back to it, that's basically. R2-D2 C-3PO. Right. <laughs> you know, just going going around the galaxy, getting things done, me telling the odds of failure the whole time, and <laughs> R2 just rolling on through everything. You know, so Coach, yeah. Coach uh, Joe pushes the narrative of you being C-3PO a lot. Just FYI. Yeah, I mean, I know that. He gifted me, he literally gifted me a, a ceramic C3PO, I don't know, like not a bust, like a half bust, yeah. something you hang on the wall. Well deserved. <laughs> well deserved. Cutter, I'd like to hear your Taekwondo origins, like where you got started. Did you do Taekwondo before you came to Texas? No. So, uh, yeah, I, I found uh, Texas Taekwondo through um, just working out at rec like twice a day because uh, I was trying to hide myself from my problems but uh <laughs> um so and i saw y'all practicing um one saturday i guess saturday it was saturday at noon because that's when we have practices on saturday and um danielle saw me sort of lurking 
outside the, the mat room and she's like do you want to join our club uh our, our class and i was like not today but um i will come if y'all got like an open house because it was um it was february then um and i, would, I had done i had been sort of looking to do some sort of martial art um at that point in my life because I was wanting to number one join a club and have more social aspects because I, I used to do uh, track and football in high school and so I sort of missed that uh, going into college because I didn't have a team I didn't have like a social unit uh, tied to competitive uh, sort of nature and I was also sort of mm. just getting more interested in um, learning about like I guess just fighting and uh, in general and so I was like. Yeah, I'll just I'll try this Taekwondo thing, and it was one of the better decisions in my life, uh, probably, if not one of the best. And it's, <laughs> it's been pretty great so far. Starting out, um, it's funny to like think about like how it was like starting out because when you, um, it, it's it's like such a like, and this is gonna be the nerdiest thing I'm ever gonna say, but like it's such a Padawan kind of experience <laughs> like, having a white and yellow belt, and I'm just a green belt right now, but like just having that white and yellow belt. Like when people are trying to teach you how to do like the back leg ground and you're throwing all the power that you possibly can into the kick for like no no reason at all other than just like you want to throw it as like hard as you can. So like I cringe when I think about stuff like that now. But um mm-hmm. I'm seasoned now. But uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's this this club has actually helped me uh like sort of like learn to like relax and like control my composure a lot better. Even yeah. in, uh, m- mostly in like you know athletic environments, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's funny when you were describing yourself learning as a yellow belt Padawan. <laughs> um, it reminded me of all the scenes of like any new Jedi where they put on that helmet and they blind themselves, and they're supposed to do that lightsaber drill where they block the, the little droid shooting lasers at them. That's what I'm picturing you as right now. Yeah. I mean, and you're you're just getting frustrated. Like, I can't focus right now. And there's some, you know, Coach Joe's over there. You've got to feel the force. You know, don't. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to feel it. Don't overthink it. Blah blah. And you're just getting frustrated. Yeah, it's hitting you with pool noodles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also like block, block, cover, yeah, cover. It's, it's it's that, and it's also sort of like the attitude that you you bring in, like it, mm. watching sort of like just watching like rebels or like clone wars when you see ahsoka or i forgot the oh gosh i'm drawing a blank ezra bridger yeah as yeah you see ezra and they're both sort of they they often get frustrated or they're uh, often upset that they're not allowed to use their power to their full potential or they're just frustrated with not being able to do something and oh man yeah and that that's just sort of the biggest analogy that I could bring to uh, Taekwondo or and like any martial art and then to Star Wars. Or it, yeah. It, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because one of my, one of the memories of you that stand out the most Cutter was I, I coached you at Texas state last year before collegiates. And the division you fought in was pretty small so you had to end up fighting someone else from texas taekwondo i can't remember who yeah i I fought uh tommy and then matthew yeah and one of them you ended up kicking so hard today (laughs) i think you made somebody bleed i did i did (laughs) and i'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you but that's kind of 
when you're talking about getting frustrated because you can't use the full potential of your your force or your energy, it kind of reminded me of that. Because I remember saying something to you. I think it was like, dude, you didn't have to kick your teammate that hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, in, it's just it's just something that you know you're not very much cognizant of when you mm. first starting out. Because I mean, this was my first. Uh, not like trying to speak in defense but like this is like it was like my first like time like fighting someone in like a yeah in like a red uh or like an organized sort of event and yeah 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 so uh just that sort of like perspective isn't really earned yet until you've done something like that and you you so credit where credit's due padawans are gonna do stupid shit excuse me <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to I mean, a curse on this podcast, but yeah, Padawans are going to do stuff like that. And just say stupid shit, but oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, bring, yeah, my bad. Anyway, yeah. Bring balance to the force. You will. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, when you, you, I mean, you spend more, I mean, everyone knows this, but you spend more time doing the, the martial art that you practice and you learn that it's not viable to be going 100% all the time or uh, to just be at your most intense 100% of the time because you, number one you burn out and number two no one will, no one's going to want to practice yeah. you, so. Matt let's turn it to you um, so I know that you you dabble in I mean you you try to experience and explore a variety of different martial arts but I do remember you from Texas yeah. Taekwondo um, where did you get your starts in martial arts and why did you join Texas? Uh, yeah, I actually, my start in martial arts, I guess if you want to count like boxing as a martial art, like I, all right. Yeah. I, I, I started that in um, junior high. Um, and from there I ended up kind of moving into mixed martial arts and um, Muay Thai a little bit as well. Um, Muay Thai kind of quickly became my favorite form. Um, I, when I got to, uh, college here, I, um, at UT, I, there was no like Muay Thai club and I didn't particularly like the culture of, um, the MMA club. Um, and I wanted to do something else like other than boxing because, you know, boxing was the first thing that I had pretty much tried out and, um, yeah, like I, I just kind of wanted to explore something new. Um, so when I saw, uh, when I found information about Taekwondo online, I think I might have looked on Horns Link. Um, I ended up coming to a practice. I enjoyed uh, what I learned. I enjoyed the people, uh, I guess, being around the people there, the environment there. So yeah, I just, I, I kind of kept coming back. I think for freshman and sophomore year, I was pretty consistent. Um, ever since then, I haven't been as consistent, but uh, still definitely like the um, the social dynamic in the environment of Texas Taekwondo. Um, so, yeah, and I, I really appreciate um, just being able to practice something, um, kicking specifically, like something that I didn't really focus on that much. Um, before coming to college, like my right leg was terrible. Um, but mm. you know, after I like, obviously like I'm, I'm pretty much a master of nothing. <laughs> um, 
but I, I really <laughs> appreciate being able to hone in on some of the basic things like, you know, getting a really good um, right leg roundhouse and even left leg roundhouse, like my kicks in general on both sides became a lot better with it. Um, I, yeah. what else? see, like the Autobahn became kind of a favorite of mine. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, if I spar with a Don, he sees it from a mile away, but if I'm, you know, cutting off an angle, um, with, you know, sparring or going against someone who's, you know, who doesn't have as much experience with Taekwondo and maybe other forms like boxing or wrestling or something like, it's something that I've caught people with quite a bit. Um, and Uh, you know, other things like, you know, the back kick and, um, the cut kick are, um, things that I, uh, I'm glad that I, I had the time to train in uh, with Texas Taekwondo. I'm very, I'm not surprised, and I'm really happy to hear that you had your start in boxing. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of boxing, and some of the similarities, similarities between boxing and Taekwondo that I've really enjoyed, and I, I only learned to appreciate much later in life was the fact that they focus on the fundamentals, and you know, a roundhouse is a roundhouse, and it doesn't matter how fancy you try to wrap it up. The fact that, you know, you're only going to get better at a roundhouse if you work on it 10 years at a time, the same way over and over again. It's, I mean, boxing the same way, a jab is a jab, but you throw that same jab thousands and thousands of times. And it's, it's all about the basics, the fundamentals. I mean, there's really only four, four punches and and boxing and it's all about the sweet science. That's. That's what I love about both of them, the, the sweet science behind it. It's an art and a science yeah. at the same time. I didn't realize that about Taekwondo until much later on. Um, I, I always had this weird complex when I told people I did Taekwondo because everyone, if I if I said I did Taekwondo, they'd always try to bring up a more flashier martial arts mm-hmm. to compare it with. It was like, oh, well, is that like Kung Fu? Or, oh, is that like Muay Thai? Because I hear Muay Thai can kick, kick the crap out of, of Taekwondo. And, and then they'll watch Taekwondo in the Olympics and... <laughs> It's it's not like UFC or anything, so it doesn't doesn't catch people's you know attention. But you know, it's such a, a, a specific science that you have to you have to yeah. study and master. You do that same kick over and over again, and you have to be so precise with it. That's that's where the yeah. beauty is with it. I, I also definitely like to point out, you know, like I'm definitely like I'm not one to think of like different martial arts as being better than the other, anything of that sort. Like I. I feel like I like I definitely look at him the same way that one I guess going back to the uh, point of Star Wars like one might look at different forms of lightsaber uh, wielding or lightsaber combat like there's uh, there's definitely pluses to all of it and I don't know like I I just I don't know I it's sort of, sometimes it gets so I nervous when people kind of like downplay different forms of martial arts or just anything in general. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, you saying all that, it kind of makes me think that a real life, a real life Jedi would have been yeah. Bruce Lee. I mean, the philosopher, martial artist, and he's almost exactly like the way you describe the way that you you're force curious, right? He didn't stick to a certain binary representation of, oh, martial arts is supposed to be this way. He the whole idea of Jeet Kune Do was to break away from traditional forms yeah. and evolve. We're going to jump into um, Star Wars video games. Yeah. And Ooh. 
which ones did you spend the most time on? Oh. Yeah. It was it was for me it was definitely uh, Battlefront one. Uh, we had like a computer, uh, like uh, we had a laptop, um, like a family one that me and my brother destroyed because we had downloaded so many video games on. <laughs> but I primarily played. There was actually like a few nights where it was like one person is on the computer playing Battlefront One, and then two people are like playing Guitar Hero on like a console at the TV, and then we just rotate. And like those are the best nights of my life. It does sound like a fun time. Yeah, but those those the I I liked uh, as I said a little bit earlier. I like I just love the maps on those and like. Like I don't know, it's it's so cool, and I, it's it's just like those little bits of creativity in Star Wars that like when it's done really well, mm-hmm. it makes me like so passionate about it, and but it also upsets me because like the Disney trilogy is just like so lacking of it. Anyway, this is a tangent. So <laughs> so wait, I, I didn't I didn't play those original Battlefront and Battlefront Two. Was there like a campaign mode and was that considered, is that now considered Legends? There was, so there wasn't a campaign mode, but um, I do remember in Battlefront 2, there were two pretty compelling modes. There was, um, uh, what was it called? It was Rise of the Empire, where you follow the 501st um, through. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You follow the 501st through um, like kind of the beginning stages of the Clone Wars all the way to like, the beginning stages of um, uh, the Empire, so like post World War or post Order sixty six, um, yeah. And then there was also Galactic Conquest, and in Galactic Conquest, you could choose to either play as um, the Separatist um, systems or Republic during that era, or um, the uh, like the Empire or the Rebellion during their respective era. And uh, basically, like, it's, it is what it sounds like. Like, you controlled the military and fought in, like, specific planetary battles for whichever side you chose and uh, essentially tried to win the war. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I thought those were cooler than, like, any, like, you know, like, structured campaign could be, like, story mode could be. Um, mm-hmm. just cause you know, there was a lot of agency in how you went about it. Um, and I, like, now that I'm talking about it, I almost feel like it would be cooler if in some way it mixed like aspects of total war. If you ever played that game, um, or that game series, like, uh, total war two, I think three armies or something is like the latest one. Um, but they're, they're just like strategy games where you play as different, um, militaries throughout history, whether it's the Roman empire like it, like an RTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real time strategy. Um, yeah, there, were... there, there was a Star Wars RTS yeah. around yeah, that Empire, time. Empire at War. Ooh. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah, I did spend a lot of time on that one. That one is also considered Legends because that was pre Disney, mm-hmm. but that was on PC, and I spent a lot of time on that. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you would build up squads of stormtroopers, and then you'd build up. You collect enough resources, to get an ATAT. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of that in the Galactic Conquest because it was like it was a little bit more like Risk, the the board game, because you you would be taking turns with this AI. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they would be con- 
trying to conquer planets while you're trying to conquer planets. But at the same time, like I, I appreciated the fact that even though you took turns between like the movements of your different detachments or fleets, like when a fleet, when two fleets met each other, then you were in that space battle, um, like playing as a character or um, a clone or whatever. And um, if you were, um, if you were trying to take a planet, or the uh, like, enemy NPC was trying to take a planet with their fleet, then like you would have to take part in that battle as well. Um, okay. I, I really appreciate the fact that it kind of put you on the ground. Um, and I don't know. One thing I, I feel like one thing I really liked about Galactic Conquest. I don't remember if it was in um, the original game um, or uh, in the first one. Um, but the, uh, the clone Marines during, uh, Galactic Conquest and Battlefront 2, like, you can just take a squad of clone Marines and just decimate, like, an enemy ship from the inside. So, like, <laughs> everything, like, blow up controls and engines and, like, internal shields and everything. It was, I thought that was really cool, just, like, going in a ship and screwing it up from the inside yeah. and then, like, flying out <laughs> after everything. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Very fitting for the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is Battlefront the game that you spent the most time with growing up, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Battlefront uh, uh, Battlefront 2 was uh, more so... Another game mode I really liked in Battlefront 2 was assault where it was just mm -hmm. pure heroes on the map um so like uh, everyone from each um like era up until that point um because of course you know this is an older game so um the i think only episode two was out by that point episode two or three there's three i think three, I three okay out. yeah I, I believe three was out so yeah, yeah, the latest trilogy wasn't in it, um, but uh, you still had all the characters from uh, the first six episodes, and yeah, um, yeah even even some who weren't in like the episodes because I um, like Asajj Ventress, I believe, wasn't in the episodes, but she was in um, like the shows, oh. and uh, oh wow, yeah. yeah, like Asajj Ventress was in uh, Battlefront. Too. like she was actually she oh, was like wow. my fourth choice for that's a really good addition yeah she was my fourth choice for like character like in order for me it was dark maul um obviously if i was playing on the dark side and then if i was um using someone on the light uh it would be um ayla secura and then kid fisto and then the fourth choice if i was playing on the dark side would be like uh asajj ventures the funny thing about it is they have like they have non-hero character, like non-force-sensitive uh, characters, like um, both the Fets, like Jingo and Boba, um, and they have like Han Solo and um, Han Solo and Chewbacca and Leia and everything. Although I guess like Leia is technically force-sensitive, but um, my, <laughs> my biggest weakness was actually Han Solo, like. People play as Han Solo, and while I'm like dueling with someone else, like Han Solo just picked me apart. Like when I was playing <laughs> Darth Maul or like Asajj Ventress, like I would be wrecking Jedi, but then Han Solo would just 
pick me apart with that blaster. It was so <laughs> annoying. Every time- it was that sharpshooter, yeah. right? Huh? What? Yeah, I think it's kind of like that with the recent, with the more um, recent Battlefront. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of the same. Yeah. Like, I could be wrecking shop with a General Grievous, and then Han Solo comes out, or Lando. Lando yeah. comes out, and they just do, the, he just has that little blaster, but they do this move called a sharpshooter. Yeah. I'm like, it's just a series of accurate shots, yeah. and I was like, I can't do anything. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, like you said, was it hokey magic and ancient tricks are no match for a boxer? <laughs> As long as you shoot, you shoot first, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? What games did you you grow up playing for Star Wars? So I kind of missed the the Battlefront train, um, but uh, I think for one of my birthdays, I got a, like a five pack of Star Wars games. It didn't have Battlefront in it, and I played it a little bit. But I think, well, hold on, scratch that. Yeah. As far as sheer sheer like game volume time, it's got to be the Lego Star Wars game. <laughs> my brother those are and I awesome. So many, I know those are great. Like they have they have that humor that Star Wars doesn't always necessarily have. It's like you know, slapstick comedy kind of humor, um, and they're I mean they're pretty accurate to the to the plot. You know, I played the original trilogy and the uh, um, the Clone Wars trilogy. Yeah, back to back with my brother so many times over. You know, got to get that, uh, what is it, um, the blue stud, <laughs> true Jedi. Uh, um, but no, I mean, I, I put a lot of hours into that one, but I think my favorite games would be, again, from that little five-pack of games that I got was uh, um, Republic Commando. Oh, um, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, oh, that was, uh, you know, I, I just, I had, so there's there's a set of books about the um, the Republic commandos and the um, you know it, it focuses a lot on the clones yeah um, and the author of this book is the Legend series she kind of treated the Jedi really badly so people uh, don't some people hate the book some people love the books um, but I just love the way that the clones are portrayed you know you really get to know them you know they're more than just faceless and kind of like the, yeah. the Clone Wars you get to learn more about their backstory it's the same thing with with those books and with this Republic Commando game, like you sort of develop a bond for these guys. And then, you know, Sam, I think, he, I think that was the first, well. the first time they started to really give character, like personality characteristics to clones yeah. was um, Republic Commandos. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, um, I think it's pretty cool that the recent Battlefront 2 um, includes Republic Commandos as characters that you can play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kind of a, a nod back to back to the glory days of Star Wars games. So I speaking of glory days, <laughs> um, I was gonna. I, I don't know. Were you gonna Were you gonna mention this one or? Oh, you go ahead. I'll I'll see. Yeah, you go ahead. So I actually I slept on this one for a while too. I couldn't figure this game out the first time I played it, but then I finally went back uh, less than a year ago almost um, and beat uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, start to finish, and yeah. I was so mad that I, I mean, I, I think it's better that I played it now that I'm old enough to appreciate that game. Cause that game is just a masterpiece of, of storytelling and the gameplay still holds up, you know, throw some graphics mods in there and, and the game looks beautiful. And it's just like, Oh, that old Republic era. <laughs> so, so much, so much to explore. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so I never got to play that one, but I know that the story is like, that's the selling point is a very good story that it sells. Yeah. And, um, I think I don't, I don't, I don't 
I'm not an expert enough to, you know, give away the plot or the spoilers, but to my understanding, it has quite the plot twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, no, I never got to play that. Uh, the game that I actually spent the most time playing and growing up, and that was like the definitive Star Wars game for my generation, um, was the classic X-Wing and TIE wow. Fighter flight yeah. simulators. Yeah. Uh, those, those games I spent so many hours <laughs> on. Um, I, I remember at the time, my family, we only had a, a 386 computer, so it could barely process the graphics. And it would, you could totally see it refreshing as we were flying. Um, and then finally, we upgraded to a, a 486 computer, and it went a little bit smoother. But what attracted me to those games was the idea that you know, I'm, what, what draws me to Star Wars are the big space battles and you're seeing all these different um, star fighters flying around you know if I see an A-wing I'm that guy pointing it out oh there's the A-wing um, so these flight simulators were like the best way to put yourself in that those big grand orchestrated battles and um, they had a very good story to tell even though they're considered legends now but um, like X-Wing was all about the Rebel Alliance and then the TIE Fighter flight simulators. It followed post-Return of the Jedi. So the main antagonist was Admiral Thrawn. Mm. Yeah. And that was the first, like, I was a big fan of the Timothy Zahn novel series about Admiral mm-hmm. Thrawn. So to see him, you know, he wasn't in any movies. So to see him on the screen in the TIE Fighter games, it was really neat and you know you'd fly for the imperial navy and you got to see the story of the development of the tie defender and you're like oh my gosh the empire finally has a starfighter that can have a shield and go into hyper hyperspace is that 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 changes everything so gosh i i spent so many hours on that game um and i'm a big fan of flight simulators so those were very well done um i would love for them to bring back a game yeah. like that did you ever uh, oh. i just want to say I was going to say, I was going to want to say much respect, Mike, because I tried playing that game. I downloaded it and played it. And I just kept crashing into walls. Like I could not <laughs> figure the controls out. Oh, That's man. a different, a different breed of game. Oh man. I can hit a womp rap in any type of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Cutter. Uh, I I was... Coach Joe, which Star Wars character would best describe him and why? Oof. Got to be careful with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, like I have to be less careful. You go first. If you... I want to get it right yeah, and I want to like, think by, of a good. Uh, hmm. So, as, as y'all are mulling about over it, I mean, I, I'll, I'll toss in a few of my anecdotes. I think I could speak a bit more freely about Coach Joe and not feel it. Fear the repercussions. <laughs> um, like in a playful manner, I would use a young Luke Skywalker. And my, my logic is a bit more humorous um, because for me, one of my lasting impressions of Coach Joe was when he was a freshman. Yeah. And he came in kind of wide eyed, um, not naive, but he, you know, grand ideas. He wanted to see. He, he was new at UT and he wanted to experience everything. He was very curious about everything. And he had kind of long shaggy hair, kind of like a Mark Hamill in episode four. 
Um, so, you know, in a playful manner, I would use a, a, an episode for Luke Skywalker to compare a young Coach Joe. <laughs> no. <laughs> because whenever you spar him, it feels like you're fighting someone with four legs. <laughs> and, and knowing you, and, and knowing you, you, Daniel, you go, hello there. I think I'm going to go with Anakin Skywalker. Ooh. Why is that? He's, I mean, he's got, he's a, he's a good mentor uh, in the sense that like, like uh, with uh, Ahsoka. And all that. Oh, okay. But he also has, um, I mean, from what I've interpreted from what he says, like uh, direct quotes are like, I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but. Uh, or like, if it works, do it kind of yeah. deal, and like a very Anakin Skywalker kind of quality. Yeah, yeah, like pre yeah, pre Order sixty six. Clone Wars. Yeah, like I, I can yeah. see that. Like, yeah. um, like more risk taking, daring. Um, he still he still tries to do good, but he can think of different creative ways to solve those problems. Matt, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like that's uh, that's pretty spot on. Like, not, you know, cinematic Anakin, but like Clone Wars uh, TV show Anakin. I like, I, I do believe that's that's a pretty close fit. Like in a serious tone, I would concur. Like, uh, I definitely see him as the like the Anakin Skywalker to in an Ahsoka Tano, like that type of yeah. relationship. Like, he views Texas Taekwondo as Ahsoka. Yeah, Tano. and he he's tough when it needs to be, but he's compassionate when it's necessary yeah. as well. Gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. I w- again, I was really looking forward to you know geeking out about Star Wars, and uh, <laughs> I, I hope y'all felt the same way. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, it's been real real fun. Uh, I haven't really talked to anyone in <laughs> quite a bit, so this has been great. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for Taekwondo to start back up again. And uh, hopefully as soon as possible. <laughs> we'll resume your Jedi training, young Padawan. It was definitely really nice having this discussion uh, with you all about um, so many different, I don't know, aspects of the Star Wars universe. Um, I, I definitely look forward to... Um, as I feel like we could all agree to quarantine kind of lifting and uh, being able to see each other again, uh, kicking again, going to various martial arts practices and seeing old friends. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, definitely like, thank you for um, having me here. Like I, again, like I'm not, you know, the most consistent member of Texas Taekwondo, but um, uh, thanks for reaching out to me um, just as a Star Wars fan. It's great to just, you know, let loose with a bunch of Star Wars nerds. You know, it's 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 not like before, like in your time, like when, you know, that was, was taboo to be a nerd. You know, that's all yeah. in the mainstream main culture. But, you know, there's different levels of it. And I'm glad to see that there's people who appreciate the intricacies of <laughs> Star Wars lore. <laughs> I've got to sound like yeah. such a nerd. I'm not, emb- I'm not embarrassed amongst you guys. I'm embarrassed for <laughs> posterity who's going to listen to Absolutely. Hear, hear me geeking out. But... No, no, it's 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 been great, and uh, yeah, I mean, may may the force be with exactly. y'all, and may the force. Be um, with you y'all. took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna I was gonna sign off with may the fourth 
may the force be with uh, you. But um, <laughs> I think okay. I think we all share the same sentiment, right? Okay. May the force be with us all. So thanks again, fellas. I uh, appreciate it. Happy May the Fourth, whenever this yeah. comes out. And um, yeah, thank you. Have all a good right. night. Yeah, good night. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook 'em.